Winston. Hey, so great how you to doing? See you. <laughs> so great to see you too. Uh, these things happen, so I'm glad that you're with us today. Um, yes. I was so thrilled when I started to see all the great things that you were up to. Uh, from with Beast Mode Entertainment, I was just like, oh my gosh, Nas is everywhere. She's doing all <laughs> that. We, we gotta have her back on. And before you came on, I was talking to those of us who joined, and we had a few people join, so I appreciate those people for joining us today. Um, we were talking about your book here, and, and I don't know if you can see it, but Evergreen Uprooted, and I'd like to really kick off by talking to the crowd and talking to the audience about that and how that's okay. going and what was the genesis of that. Wow. Um, Evergreen Uprooted is going really well. I'm really, really proud of um, something I did in 2020, which was a virtual book signing. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that was so much fun. I worked together with some amazing creatives. Uh, Lester Green, uh, he helped uh, produce it with me. He is an actor, voiceover artist, just an amazing person all the way around. And uh, he and I produced uh, through the Looking Glass together in this in this uh, this book signing, virtual book signing. It was it was a whole experience. <laughs> awesome. uh, yeah, I had uh, Andrew McAllister play the trainer who helped get whip me into shape <laughs> to get ready for this book signing. And then uh, we went on a journey of as uh, it was like a docudrama, you know, reading the story and talking about my life and. We had Rosalind Patterson Smith. She starred in it. She played the role of Anne, who's my mother. Uh, I had Eloise Hunt. She played the role of Secret. And we just had some amazing actors in, uh, in it that just was able to bring the words off the page to life on the screen. So that was a lot of fun. I ended up reading an excerpt. I was also in it as well. Reading I, saw, I saw that out. part. I saw that. Uh, yeah, I, heard, yeah. I heard that. That was cool. <laughs> yeah, so it was um it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun just just you know keeping the book alive, keeping the story alive. It's it's is is needed, it's necessary because one of the things that I um that I noticed and I still want to focus on, there are still a lot of children being sexually abused by family members, by strangers, uh, just being sexually abused. And as long as there are people being abused sexually, I will keep talking about it, no matter how uncomfortable people are with the topic. I will keep talking about it as long as it keeps happening. I, I tell you, it's it's a horrible thing that's happened to mm -hmm. so many people all over the planet Earth, and it's violence, right? And and it's just violence that has such an effect on not just the person that it happens to, but in subsequent relationships that they have with other people and their own children and all that. It's a cascading effect, in, in my opinion, that it's one of those crimes, and I'm not a big one way or the other about crimes and all that, but when it comes to violence against people, especially that kind of violence, it's something that needs to be it, 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 there is no excuse for it. It, it just isn't. There's no excuse. And, and the thing about it is people don't like talking about it. They don't want to, you know, they don't want, if you make a movie, they don't want to show this in the movie. And they tell you don't really show what's really happening because people can't take it. Well, I'm at a place uh, where it's, I don't, I don't care. There, there's a child being hurt. There's a child being abused. There's somebody taking advantage of uh, a kid who, doesn't have much, you know, or a kid who doesn't have family or somebody, it's just, it's just happening. Uh, and, and families, you know, there's a dad that's touching their son or a dad that's touching their daughter or a mother that's touching her son or daughter. Cause women do it as well. 
I was abused by um, by my stepfather and my cousin, my female cousin. Someone, no one in the family thought that she would do this. No people in the family, they still don't believe that she did it. She abused me and she abused uh, two of my younger siblings, you know, and that's my mother was strung out on crack. She knew she could do it. She knew she could get away with it. And she did. So I was abused as an adult as well. It's something that's happening and it's happening a lot. And we just have to talk about it, no matter how uncomfortable it is. And so I keep Evergreen Uprooted alive, not just to talk about how I survived the crack epidemic and just the things that has taken place to survive, that's taken place in my life where I've had to survive. But it's really to talk about the sexual abuse and the things that's still happening um, today. That's what it's about. The thing I um, I love uh, about you is that a lot of people, I'm going to say a lot of people, but many, I know so many people who have gone through what you've gone through, but everybody's experience is just as bad and just as different. Um, mm-hmm. But what you've done is that you've taken it as an inspiration to give to other people and to transform your life. You've become one of the more inspirational people mm-hmm. that I know, Nas. And that Thank has, you. that has a reverse cascading effect, like where the abuse and the violence has a cascading effect on all your relationships. Um, what you've done is have a reverse effect where you've broken whatever cycle, if there was one, that existed. And you're now given beauty and like the grace that we all can give to other people. And I'll tell you, from my viewpoint, that's really hard. It's really uncomfortable. It's so really necessary these days. Because my opinion is that right now, every single one of us, on the planet Earth, for the most part, are going through some kind of trauma. And the trauma is called a pandemic <laughs> or climate <laughs> change. And then on top mm-hmm. of that, then we've got all our, all our specific, specific things that are happening. And a lot of it's based in fear. Like my parents, my parents, when they came and the way they were reared, they just thought that beating and abuse was just the way you did things. It was just like, oh, yes. you just got to keep beating a kid and then that'll solve the problem. That'll solve the problem. And and that's the thing. We have to break those patterns because it trickles down to our kids. It trickles down generation to generation to generation. And uh, that's one of the things I'm, I'm learning every day. You know, when you spend most of your life just trying to survive, and that's really been most of my life. You know a lot about my story, Winston reading on a third grade level, you know, borderline illiterate and um, always having to figure out ways to survive, which I'm happy. I'm happy that happened to me because it taught me how to think out of the box. You know, I don't think my my thing is not I have this book and I have to do it the way this book tells me to do it. You know, and if I'm not doing it A, B, C, D and E all the way to Z, I can't do it. You know, I I, I see stuff outside of the box. Yeah, because I've had to do that. I, I, and it was times I didn't have a book. So, you know, at eight years old, while other kids are like, oh, I want to be a cheerleader and I want to play sports and I want to be a Girl Scout and all that stuff. I, di- I didn't do that. I, I'm going to school and I want a best friend and this one don't like, I didn't do that. My, my, my life was survival. My life was how, what am I going to eat today? And how, how, how am I going to do that? You know, um, mm-hmm. How am I going to take care of my sisters? How am I going to keep them from getting beat if my stepfather comes home in a bad mood? 
You know, how am I not going to get beat if my mother wants drugs and she can't get it? How do I protect them? How do we survive? And that was my daily life. You know, when I went to school, how do I survive? I have to fight. I'm in the South Bronx. You know, you have to fight. How do I make it throughout my life? Single mother, borderline illiterate. How do I take care of two kids on my own with no father, no help? How do I do this? And that's been my life has been about surviving and thinking outside the box and everything that I've had to do to get to this point. God's been preparing me to get to this point because he's always working behind the scenes. Right. Our life is set up. And God is always working behind the scenes. So everything that has happened is to get me to this point. And I thank God for it. It wasn't easy, you know, but I'm, I'm always ready to roll up my sleeves and work hard. I tell you, that's for, what I've just been trained to do. That's what I, I've done my whole life. For those of you who are out there and heard. No. Can, I, can I share something? Sure, absolutely. Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say something about what you said about thinking outside of the box and doing what you need to do. Um, a lot of times I've heard people yeah. say that you have to fit into some mold. And I reject that like 100%. Like, I'm a creative person. God has put me on here to create something beautiful in this world and in this life. A box may help or a paint by numbers might work, but it doesn't work for me. And it sounds like it doesn't work for you either. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't connect for you at the same time. No. So, so you were going to share something before I had that uh, comment, but keep going. Yeah, I look frozen. I mean, the okay. Well, I guess I wanted to share something. When I was about seven, eight years old, uh, my mother got hooked on crack cocaine when I was six. I was about seven, eight years old. My mother had all this money from a car accident. Uh, she was she she flew through a window of a van, and she survived. And she had all this money, um, over six figures, and. We were in the crack house. We would spend time in this crack house, I remember. And it was kids that also was in this crack house. There was nothing in the crack house except for a couch, you know, and these black garbage bags in the windows with these little holes in it. And the kids, they didn't have a light in their eyes. There was no light. And none of us had a light in our eyes because we were hungry. And all we saw was the crackheads walking in and out, in and out, in and out this house. And it was me and it was my sisters and there was some other kids and we were you know, sun up, the sun's going down, there's no food in the house, you go in the kitchen, open up the cabinet, there's nothing in the cabinet except for rice, uncooked rice. Put that in our mouths, nothing. Put dirt in your mouth, hungry. And I remember walking out of this crack house, even my sister's like, I'm about to figure something out. And I'm walking out this crack house and I see this little, this woman pushing her, her baby in a stroller and the baby's eating cheese doodles, eating a bag of cheese doodles. And I thought to myself, I should take that shit. I should take it, you know, take it and run. And I was going to take this little kid, two, three years old, bag of chips and just run because I was that hungry. Wow. And I walked to the bodega, oh, rack of chips there, you know, the chips, the different kind of chips. Mm-hmm. And I just took my hand, grabbed them, ran out the store, went back to the crack house, and everybody had some chips, right? We were ha- we, we, a little light, a little something. And I didn't like that. I never liked stealing. I never liked dishonesty. It's just something about that I hated. Um, and so 
I walked to the, 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 the next day, I was thinking, what can I do? What can I do? I can't let this happen again. And I walked to around the corner to see town I remember and seeing. you know this guy yeah. popping. I said, "Hey, you know, I took my sisters. Remember, see town. I took I my sisters. I had them in the shopping cart, and I just started packing bags. Yeah, the coins would fill up to the top. I cash it in, get some bills, pack some more bags, and you know that's how we ate. So I didn't want to steal, so I had to figure out another way. You know, there's always there's always other ways. You know, there's always other ways of getting around things and that helps me with filmmaking you know when somebody says hey you can't do it or we can't do it i'm like wait a minute there's a way we just gotta figure it out there's more than one way <laughs> you know that's right you just gotta figure it out I, I and um it's you, just yeah it's, it's been it's been a blessing it's been a blessing you are so unbelievably inspiring so tell us about the filmmaking world uh, beast mode entertainment tell us about the super I was, before you came on i was telling like, the the audience I watched every single episode. I thought it was cool. It was it was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about that and tell us how that's going for you. Um, it's going really well. The super, the super happened during the pandemic. Yes. <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, sitting in the house in the in the house board and board in the house, and me, I'm a, just a content creator. I just have to create content and. My son and I, we started watching some web series, which was it was my first time just being able to sit down. So I'm always moving and out and about. And I sit, we were sitting down, my oldest son, Lance, and I watching a whole bunch of web series. And I said, we should do one. He was like, we should, Mom. Then we just started talking. And, you know, I grew up in the South Bronx. I grew up in a neighborhood that they were supposedly gentrified, but it wasn't. You know, it was they fixed up some of the buildings, but it was just poor people living in the neighborhood that was trying to survive. And I said, hey, that still happens. I know what it is, you know, to live in these neighborhoods. Then I moved when I was older to Stanford, Connecticut. Uh, but I lived in a gentrified neighborhood. So it's like from the slums to a better slum. <laughs> and we were all still just trying to survive, right? So you always got the lady in the building who she has, you know, 30 kids that she's watching with no license and she does it like a pro because she's been doing it forever. And I, knew, I actually knew this woman who couldn't read or write. And all she had to do was play her numbers and she would watch all the kids in the neighborhood. Uh, you know, then you you have somebody that has a store. They are selling fish and they selling candy and from small uh, bodega or convenience store right out right in there. So I you know I came up with these characters. You got Mr. Lee and yeah Mr. Ali. <laughs> Asian Muslim, and yeah, he's <laughs> he's every has everything from a nail salon, a massage parlor, to he's selling you know condoms and cigarillos and laminated candy. You know that, that sounds parlor. right. That's how I remember it. That sounds right. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And then I and then the squatter. You know, we had to do the Donald Trump, um, Obama squatter you know this yeah, guy yeah. one minute he's trump one next minute he's obama and he's squatting <laughs> in the building and you know he doesn't want to leave and that that was that was a lot of fun his character was fun then we of course miss walker miss walker she wants um g hetto g hetto is the super g h e t t o like ghetto but uh -huh. g hetto <laughs> and he is the super of the building and he's been he he's been in the neighborhood you know he grew up in his neighborhood so he knows everybody no one respects him 
Uh, he knows everybody in the neighborhood. And his thing is uh, he wants to protect the building. He sees what's happening and he wants to protect the building because, you know, when they come in the neighborhood and these rich folks and they start building, they want the poor people out. They don't want this old building. They don't want welfare recipients. They don't want anybody. They want to give the whole block a new makeover. Yeah. Let's just be real. That's what it real. We want a new makeover. We don't want these people on our block. But this is their block. This is where they live. This is where they have their culture, their memories. So you want to put these people out and send them where? So, <laughs> you know, this guy, Jihedo, the neighborhood, he's trying to save his people and they're not helping him. You know, we got Big Mama's one truck shop where, you know, the, the truckers, they don't go to the gas station. I mean, but they they shout out. They know they're gonna get a home cooked meal. They're gonna get some good loving. She has a brothel. Got the women going on in there. Got the booze, <laughs> whatever yeah, you I saw, need. I saw that part. I was like, and like that in my neighborhood. That that's these these are all yes. These are all based on real life stories. Like none of this stuff is made up. This is stuff that I've seen in my life that's really happened. So we're just telling these real life stories of survival in a funny way, and it's called the super. Ended up writing the scripts. I reached out to Tracy at Kinship Studios and I pitched it to him. And he was like, yeah, nah, all we got to do is hit the red button. So somebody like me. <laughs> that's all you needed to hear, yeah, right? Yeah, it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, that's it. Let's go. <laughs> that's all I needed to hear. And we filmed it. We filmed it in the, yep. We built the set. I mean, Tracy and, and, and the crazy did the phenomenal job we had three cameras rolling we got and we did it and i'm really proud of it was it perfect i don't know oh no but it, for us uh we did it we did it together community um I, <laughs> that's awesome so what's the future for the super what's coming working on my head i had I, I want to pitch it. Like I, 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 I'm, I have the pitch deck, and I would love to see a network pick it up. You know, we have the proof of concept. We have all the characters. We have all the episodes. Um, I think, I think the super has a bright future. That's that's what it does. I, I believe everything happens for a reason. There's no coincidences in life. And I, I work for God. I tell anybody, I work for God. So all I have to do is plant that seed. That's it. It will grow. It will grow. There's no seed that that's planted that's not going to grow. That is if it has good soil, and 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 it does. Yeah, that's the key thing, right? Planting that seed. Uh, the one of the things that I really appreciate yes, about what you've done is that as creatives these days, with technology is technology is our friend these days, where we can do things and we can hit that red button when we're ready to hit that red button. But you gotta plant it. You gotta do that seed. Back in the back in the day, where we'd sit there and belabor and think about, or someone would poo-poo a thing that was supposed to happen, that can't happen anymore. If you you wrote that script, I am sure mm -hmm. you weren't you weren't writing that script for ten years before you did it. You just did it. That's so important to people. Just did it. I mean, wrote the script in a matter of a couple of weeks. The the episodes, uh, we had seven episodes wrote it we had our table reads on zoom uh geek junkie beast she's such a beast geek junkie did all of our design she designed the uh, the clothes for trixie we had coco uh coco came in she's an amazing stylist she worked with the style 
I mean, just 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 um, people just came in. I had Tianta Taylor. She goes by Miss Vegas. She was our production manager. Just had a bunch of people coming together. Um, we had a, a Brooklyn Benny. Uh, he helped build the set. Omar. Just a bunch of people just came in and worked together as a community and made it happen. And it didn't take six months. It didn't take three months. <laughs> it yeah. took a couple of months to just say, hey, this is what we want to do. Let's do it. I mean, and that's who I that's who I am anyway. I'm more of a if this is what we want, I'm an executioner. Mm-hmm. That's what I am. I'm an executioner. If it needs to be done, let's do it. It doesn't take a lifetime to get something done. But I do love my team. I work with Lester Green and he's amazing. He he's the per- person that will mark. He's the person that will market, that will brand, that will make sure he and I work very well together. So I'm just grateful for this stuff on my uh, um, apartment. Yeah, that's going to So, I, you know, we will talk about well the, together. Yeah, I want to talk about the, the highlight reel here in a second, the highlight reel, right? I want to talk about that here in a second. Uh, but what I do want to say is that what you just talked about yes. with the team and how you put that together, that to me is something that I aspire to because that's really authentic leadership, Nas. Those people did all those things because they wanted to be in the they wanted to be in the super and all those things, but they followed your leadership. And sometimes leadership, we say it's got to be some person with some kind of title or something like that. No, you were just helping these colleagues you just brought them along and they were probably all super jazz along the way that's authentic leadership your story brought them to that place that's that that to me is a thing that we've got to make sure that people understand about you that leadership is what you've done um, so let's talk about the highlight reel about that show are you still here with me Yes, I am. And I'm just blown away what you said about leadership, because, again, it all it all stems from childhood, you know, having to raise my sisters, having to to lead, you know, having to take care of my mom. And it's just God preparing me for this day. I thank you. That's awesome. So the highlight reel, that is a new thing you're doing. I saw the videos there. You got a lot of great people coming on. Tell us about that highlight reel. The highlight reel, it's just, um, you know, we want to highlight people, amazing artists who are doing things in it, making moves. You know, this thing that we do, filmmaking, is a passion. It's a love. It's an art. And there's so many different uh, aspects to it. There's so many different parts. They say one body, many parts, you know, and each part needs one another. So there's so many different parts of filmmaking uh, that that people do that that need to be highlighted. And so we have the highlight reel. We bring Lester, it's hosted by Lester Green and myself, and we bring artists on and we highlight what they're doing in the film community, what they're doing in the community in, in general. And we just want to celebrate them. That's what it really is about. Celebrate people who are giving of themselves. When we create, right, we're giving of, our, of, of ourselves to the world, rather that be what we're doing right now, Winston, you and I on this podcast, right, is to inspire people, motivate them, give them a piece of ourselves. 
or rather with it's in front of the camera and it's a it's an actual film or if it's music right or write a book it's just a part of us that we're giving to the world to make a difference and i feel like the people who are doing that need to be highlighted and so lester green and i that's what we have we have the highlight and it's it's so i love this show in season one so we've we've completed season one and we're going to start filming season two hopefully during early you said early when for season two All right. Late late spring, early summer. Season two. Late late spring, early summer. By the way, Robert. Is my sound good or am I? Do I sound? Well, yeah. you're coming in and out, but people when they hear you, they like that is Nas. They capturing every single word that you are saying. So Robert Sear C Y R is saying, "Hey, what's up, Nas?" I don't know if you know Robert, but Robert is giving you some love there. So appreciate. Oh, hey, Robert. <laughs> So appreciate you doing. I that. do. Robert is so amazing. He is a screenwriter based in New York. Robert Sear is a screenwriter based in New York. He is a amazing screenwriter, amazing storyteller, amazing person all the way around. He wrote this script called "Way to a Woman's Heart," and it was starring Andrew McAllister and myself. Yes, Winston, I was in front of the camera. <laughs> I've seen you in front of the and camera. Of you, so, you, so you are, because... you are great in front of the camera. Please don't. You, you. Every time I've seen, it, it's like what? <laughs> you are amazing. Lester Green says, Thank "Great you. job, Nas." Lester Thank says, you. "Lester says, great job, Nas." He's he's giving you love. Um, he, oh I, wow! Phenomenal. See, that's my that, and that's that's my partner. So yeah, so Lester Green and I, uh, we have another uh, another show called Finding Mister Right Now, dealing with relationships, and we're in the process of filming. We've already filmed two episodes. We have four more to go, and the first episode is called Amen, written by Lester Green, starring Jamila Turner and Lester Green. And it's an amazing story, amazing story about a woman who loses, who's in, who's in her mother in the hospital and she can't get in the hospital to see her mother. And this guy driving Lyft, he's a kind of, he thinks she's, he thinks she's sure. And he, and he goes and he approaches her and then he kind of helps her through that, through what she's going through. Um, and they say a prayer together and it's called amen it's really powerful lester green he met along with jamila turner and, and i don't know if you you know jamila winston jamila yeah, turner. i do so i that's believe you do yeah i do so so there was a and, and, there was a video yes, you had and then, and then robert sear go ahead robert sear you want to comment on robert sear oh he wrote a, a script called wait and yeah, he wrote he wrote a script called uh, "Wait to a Woman's Heart," and he wrote it he wrote it for me to to be in it. I was like, wow, you know. And it's uh -huh. about a man who uh, it's a love story about uh, about a man who who's always had this crush on this woman, and he's he's washing her car one day. She doesn't even notice him or who he is because you know this is like years later, and he's washing her car, and she's like, "What are you doing? Why are you washing my car?" And you know, and then she finds out who he is and that you know uh, and she used to care for his mom back in the day and 
all of that. He's grown up and he's now handsome and all that good stuff. And the two of them kind of bat eyes and start dating. It's really a cute love story. Didn't I see a video about something like that that you had put together where you were the star in it? You walked up to a gentleman and he was doing something to you. He was doing that to your car. I saw that. Was a, is that Robert? Who was in that video? There's a bald head gentleman in that video. That's Andrew McAllister. Andrew McAllister. <laughs> That's Andrew McAllister. He was the yeah, he 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 was playing the role of it was Brian. Oh, okay. I was like, and That's I was cool. playing the role of Myra. Hi, ah. Robert. Yeah. <laughs> that is, is awesome. Yeah, it was really it was really cute. It was really adorable. Yeah. That's awesome. So some of the yeah, So we have some more. We have molds and it's just dealing with relationships. Dealing with relationships, and I, that is a, a, a in the positive light. Yeah, yeah, that 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 is definitely something that's always needed to be talked about, because the relationships we have in life—that's the only thing we've got, really. Mm-hmm. We don't really got the clothes or the money or the stuff. All that stuff goes away. Isn't that the truth? Yeah, the only thing we'll remember, ten, twenty, thirty years from now, that's is true. the relationships. We just will. I won't remember if I had a nice suit. That is so true. Or if I had a bunch of money. I'll just remember that. I was on a podcast conversation with Nas back in February 2021, and it was dope. I'll remember that. But I don't remember. (laughs) I just just think that we as human beings, we sometimes have taken the great parts of capitalism and tried to make it our God. Where we're like, the stuff that we get is the stuff we worship. Versus the people and our ability to love people as the things that we should be really, it's really important. I just think that's the truth. Yeah. And it took me a long time to, to get to that point. I was, I was probably wrapped up in capitalism for a decent part of my life. Like I want to get the coolest rims or the nicest stereo or, the dis- or whatever it was that was important. That's why the stuff you're doing around relationships, there will never be a moment where someone will go, Oh yeah, well I've got enough of their I got enough of relationships because <laughs> that's what life is, right? That's the holy thing. That makes yes. sense. It's, it's yes. in, it's inexhaustible. That is so true. It's, it's mm-hmm. inexhaustible as far as how, how you how you treat people. That's right. Yes, and how you treat people is so so important. Um, I always say, you know, there's your version, there's another person's version, and then there's God's version right? Who's there? Who sees it all, right? So we have to treat people with love and kindness because kindness will take you places in this world. How you talk um, is so important. People remember that. If they don't remember anything else, they remember how you tra- how you treated them and how you made them feel. That's right. And and, and that's what's important. I, I, you know, during this COVID-19, this whole pandemic, um, I remember getting COVID, COVID back in March, you know, when really? nobody knew what COVID was or what to do with it. And oh, wow. Yeah. And I couldn't breathe. I couldn't catch my breath. I felt everything expanding. And I thought to myself, my kids were in their room and I didn't say anything to them, but I thought to myself, wow, am I going to wake up in the morning? I can't breathe. Am I going to wake up in the morning? And I just started drinking like iron, doing all these home remedies that I saw my grandma do, my mother do. And I believe that that got me through it. 
then I, if I don't wake up, if I close my life, did I do all that I wanted to do? Did I see all that I wanted to see? Am I satisfied with the life that I lived? And what's really important, and like you said, Winston, it's not about the money. It's not about chasing. What's important is that I live each, each day enjoying my life and doing what I love. That's more important than me getting a million dollars are confused. That's where they're twisted. They're like, oh my God, I got to do all these things that I don't want to do so I can become a millionaire or I can be like this person. To me, it's like when I wake up, what can I do to be happy? What's going to make me happy in my life? Because tomorrow I want a life worth living, that I had fun, that I lived in peace that I did the things I wanted to do and I enjoyed my life. And that's where I changed. And, 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 and thanks to the pandemic, you know, yeah. <laughs> thanks to the pandemic, it, it, it helped me to see things differently. I'm, I'm it's so... not about me hustling and it's about me enjoying my life that God gave me. It's about when I close my eyes at night, if I don't, don't wake up, I know that I live in that day giving people and honest and treating people the right way yeah that's what it's about i'm so sorry to hear about that relationship being grateful for them yeah i'm so sorry to hear that you were in a pandemic but anyone could be evidence that you can't tell because you kept going and that's that's the important thing um i I just tell you this world right now we've just got to think about yeah. Gotta think about what's important, who's important. You know, the person who wants a million dollars, they can probably get it, but they gotta and people tell me this all the time, like, yo, dude, you gotta get a million dollars. And then my response was is like, who am I gonna help with a million dollars? And if the answer is just myself, then probably probably not motivated enough to do it. At least these days. There's some people who are, and there's some people who do that that way. But most of us, we like, who is it? When you get money. You don't get money necessarily just for yourself all the time. Yeah, you get yourself some stuff, but you usually got some kids or some family or somebody that you're using for that resource for. Going back to relationships. Mm-hmm. As always, this has been an awesome conversation. For those of you who were able to join us today, um, thank you so much for joining us. You will obviously see another part of this. This will be uploaded to Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all of that. So, now nah, don't worry about it. We'll do some magic editing around the voice and making sure that we try to maximize your great words because people want to hear it there's, there's no doubt about that <laughs> so um so so i want you to share with the audience here the creativity cocktail especially as we're coming up on we're getting close to two years since we've been doing this show and it's been an amazing journey i'm so glad to have you back on like what is it they need to do now if they're creative and they've got a creative ideal or a story or a script. What you what do you want to tell them right now? You and them are talking. You like you're going to give them some advice as direct as you possibly can because I know you and I know you have you are not shy about being direct to people. <laughs> so what? <laughs> so you they got something that they be like, oh, I got this thing I wrote, oh, I got this thing I'm doing, and you you in front of them, you like, all right, do X. What are you telling them? Yeah, yeah. 
I, well, if somebody has a script that it depends on where you want to go with it. So if you have a script that you just want to write a great script, I would say just write a great script. Don't put no boundaries on yourself. Just write and enjoy it. But if it's something that you want to film, write it in a way where it's production friendly, right? In a way where it meets your budget, where it can actually be done. Um, you know, uh, you can't, don't write a script where you have 10 locations and you only have $5,000. You got, you have $5,000. Have two locations. That's right. Have a few actors, a couple of actors. Because you got to take into account, you got a crew, you got to feed a crew, you got to feed your actors, you got to have props, wardrobe, makeup, all these different things come into play. So I think, you know, my advice is if you have something that you want to do, do it, but make sure that it's doable. Make sure it's production friendly and you're going to get great production value. And if you don't know how to do something, speak to somebody, find somebody who does. You have a lot of people here that give themselves and it's great you want to give yourself a producer or a director or but if you don't understand <laughs> and how to frame a shot how can you give yourself how can, you can't tell a story through the lens it does not make you a dp right i'm gonna do i would say hone that craft that craft keep growing keep trying that's what it takes ask questions find a mentor, do it, do it on your own projects on someone else's, right? Cause you want to, you want to, you want to mess up your own. <laughs> i tell you, I worked on a lot of projects, Winston. Uh, I, I have not just become beast mode. I've been here doing this thing from back in 2013, 2014 here called Atlanta Film. And we were about a hundred and takes, you know, we had to work on stuff. We had to grow. We had to overcome things. And you just, you know, that's how you learn, right? I'm going to do it this way differently. I won't do it that way. So it's just about, you know, do and over and over again. And if you make a mistake, you get back up and you do it again. That's it. And then when you feel like that you have really mastered your craft, then you give yourself that title. That's awesome. So we love you. I am so inspired Other by than you. That, I mean, I see people do it all the time, but oh, I love you too, Winston. Winston, you are totally awesome. Thank you for Thank having you. me on your show. Yes. Uh, you are you are amazing. Sour milk from sour milk. You're just an instant, really. Thank you. And I've learned a lot from you. Thank you so much. So Nas, how, can, uh, how to organize. Um, thank you. That's enough of me. That's enough no. Nas to talk about me, but I'm getting ready to go in. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm light-skinned, so, but, so I, I, can, I can blush for real. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so I, I thank you so much. Let me ask you, like, if somebody wants to connect with you and see all the stuff you got going, what's the, what's the ways they can connect in? And, and and see all the stuff you got going on. Oh, I have a website, nazpanky.com is my website. Uh, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. I'm on Instagram as beastmo.naz. I am on Facebook. Facebook. Uh, my email link is so me just. Google Nas Panky. <laughs> yes, yes. Find me. My we, book is on Amazon. Evergreen Rooted Memoirs of Secret. 
And I also have a YouTube page, Beastmo Entertainment. That's where you can find the highlight, um, a lot of my work there. That's awesome. So I was just showing for our group here, for our audience, some of the things that you're involved in. So please connect. And we will put a lot of this stuff in the show notes, too, so people can see it. So we'll put your links there, Nas, in the show notes so people can connect with that. As always, you are wonderful. Any way that I can help you, please let me know. Um, you and Lester and Beast Mode and all the stuff you guys are doing are phenomenal. I thank you again for joining us on the Creativity Cocktail. Keep being dope. Keep inspiring all of us. Thank you. Thank you so much, my brother. Thanks for having me on your show. It's been a blessing and a pleasure as usual. And thank as you. always, thank you. Take care, everyone.